G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. There are so many bad things happening in the world around us. Deep ideological and political divisions tearing nations, societies, even families apart. Wars, poverty and deprivation, slavery and exploitation, on and on. That many of us have a sense of fear about where this world's heading, even those who believe in Jesus. And thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today, we're kicking off a new series of messages called When the Lion Roars. Because despite all that's going on around us, our King is still on his throne. And please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about my latest life application booklet. It's called Don't Miss Out on God's Blessing. And I'd love to send you a free copy to help you remove any obstacles to the flow of God's blessing in your life. There are things happening in this world, terrible things that we never thought that we would see in our lifetimes. Wars, terrorism, Christians being beheaded by Muslim extremists, all sorts of things. And as we watch this stuff on the news each night, it starts to seep into our pores. It becomes part of us. And whether we realise it or not, a sense of foreboding, of fear, takes hold of our hearts and our minds. Of course, this is nothing new. I think back to the 9th of September 2001. Why is that an important date? Well, it's exactly two days before the coordinated terrorist attacks of 9-11. But as an Australian at least, September 9th, 2001, is significant to me for another reason. It's the day that this young kid from Oz, Leighton Hewitt, won the US Open by defeating the great Pete Sampras in just three sets. So, you can imagine that we Australians had a great old celebration over the next few days. I remember waking up just two days later and switching on the morning news on the TV and being stunned by what I saw. Those planes flying into the World Trade Centre in New York, the towers collapsing, the sheer terror of what was occurring in front of my eyes. As it happened back then, the Australian Prime Minister was visiting Washington and I remember his grim face on the news. From the joy and elation of this young Aussie kid winning a major Grand Slam tournament against an unassailable opponent... To this, this incredible terror, it's something that changed the psyche of America as a nation. It's changed the course of history. It affected the psyche, I think, of just about every person on the planet. Looking back on it all after these years, I think that the biggest thing that I should be surprised about is that we were at all surprised that it happened, as though something like this had never happened before, as though something like this would never happen again. I remember growing up, I'm part of the post-war baby boomer generation that reflected the optimism of peace after the cessation of hostilities in Europe and the Pacific. My whole generation is pretty much a bunch of optimists because of the context that we were born into. 
And yet, the whole time I was growing up, the threat of nuclear annihilation hung over the world. The very thing that had ended the war in the Pacific, nuclear holocaust, threatened to destroy the world. For 13 days in 1962, the whole world held its breath during the Cuban Missile Crisis, expecting the worst and hoping for the best. So on the one hand, my generation grew up in this incredible glow of optimism, and yet this dark cloud hung over our generation. Maybe that's why we partied so hard in the 1960s, because we didn't really know if the 70s would ever come. But turn back the clock a little further to generations that came before, just in the 20th century. World War I, the war to end all wars. 16 million dead, 20 million wounded. The Great Depression of the 1930s that lasted in many places for well over a decade. No jobs, people starving in hitherto affluent countries. And as if that weren't all enough, in 1939, World War II kicked off. In just under six years, 60 million people were killed in the deadliest conflict in human history. That was 2.5% of the world's population. Then peace. But that threat of the Cold War consuming the world... Today, it's global terrorism, the rise of religious extremism. In fact, right now, there are around 42 armed conflicts being fought around the globe. And that's been a pretty constant figure for over the last half century. Some make the news, Israel, Palestine, Syria, Iraq, terrible atrocities. But others, Somalia, the Democratic Republic of Congo, South Sudan and many others see hundreds of people dying every day. And yet it seems that the darker the skin is of those who are dying, the less interested the Western media is in reporting their deaths. And that's just a snapshot of what's going on in the world today. And next month, next year, perhaps the list of war zones will change slightly, but they won't be any fewer. The horror and the pure evil won't be any less. I'll say it again. We are seeing things happening in this world that we never thought that we would see in our lifetimes, and yet... This is exactly what the Bible tells us would happen. This is exactly what Jesus tells us will happen. Matthew chapter 24, verses 1 to 14. As Jesus came out of the temple and was going away, his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple. Then he asked them, You see all these, do you not? Truly I tell you, not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us when this will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. Jesus answered them, Beware that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All this is but the beginning of the birth pangs. Then they will hand you over to be tortured and will put you to death and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Then many will fall away and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because of the increase of lawlessness, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this good news of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. Something seemed so certain to these people that he was speaking to. The temple in Jerusalem, God's own house, 
Surely that would stand forever, surely. Yet Jesus predicted its destruction, which is exactly what happened less than 40 years later in AD 70. So the disciples in private asked him, Hey Lord, so when's it going to happen? And what will be the signs of your coming? What answers do you think they were expecting? What signs were they expecting? Angels with trumpets shouting glory, glory, hallelujah? Well, why not? That's how Jesus' first coming was announced to those shepherds on some gently sloping hillside outside Bethlehem on that starry, starry night just three decades or so before. But instead of that, Jesus spoke of wars and rumours of wars. He spoke of believers being handed over to be tortured. He spoke of people falling away from their faith, of lawlessness and false prophets, of the love of many of those who call themselves after his name falling away. And people, let me tell you, that's exactly what we see happening before our very eyes today. Why are we so surprised? Why do we act as though this shouldn't happen? Why do we tremble in our boots? These are the signs of the coming of the end of this age. This is exactly what Jesus said would happen. And he's called to us, his people, his church, is to persevere, is to not give up, is to not let our love grow cold, to hang in there and be his people until the end. As I look around the church today, I see in many places that the love of God's people has grown cold. I see that we've become comfortable in our safe little soft pews in the West in particular. We worry about our petty little first world problems while our brothers and sisters in Iraq are being beheaded. We, the Western Church in particular, spend money on ourselves while our brothers and sisters around the world are in such desperate need. And in our personal lives, we allow doom and gloom and foreboding and fear to immobilise us. Well, enough is enough. I believe that God is asking us, his people today, do you love me? Do you really love me? Well, if you do, then get out there and feed my sheep. Church, it is time for us to rise up in Jesus' name. It is time for the Lion of Judah to roar. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. It's a crazy world we live in these days, isn't it? And yet with all that's going on, there's one truth that remains. God is a God who wants to bless us. But all too often, we have obstacles in our lives that block his flow of blessings. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet, Don't Miss Out on God's Blessing, to help you remove those obstacles. And with the life application questions at the end of each chapter, you'll be able to chew things over to really apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Now let's head back into God's Word. Before the break, we talked about the looming sense of dread and foreboding that world events seem to impose on us. Wars, terrorism, atrocities, from 9-11 through to the beheading of Christians in Iraq, through to ethnic cleansing in different parts of the world. Come on, you watch that stuff on the news often enough, and it starts to get to you. But let's now bring all this closer to home. Not something out there or over there or in another country that might threaten me one day 
but threats much closer to home, threats in our own backyard, under our noses, in our face. Because there are more people today listening to this program who live in parts of the world who are under threat than there are those who are sitting in some safe, comfortable place where they know that tonight there's a warm, soft, dry, safe, clean bed to sleep in. In the 160 plus countries in which this program is being heard today, the majority of the people who are listening are in a place where war or violence or economic deprivation and starvation are real things terribly impacting their lives. And so, albeit that I'm a Westerner, albeit that I'm blessed to live in a safe place, I want to speak into the reality of today in the lives of so many people, into the reality of the majority. And for those who are sitting safely and comfortable in the place where God has blessed us to be, yes, even our faith is under a great threat today. Increasingly, secularists are demanding that we forsake our faith in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And there's no room for religion in politics, for prayer in schools, or, or for Christian morals in the bedroom. Who are you, they demand to know, to tell us that same-sex relationships are wrong, or that a man and a woman shouldn't live together without being married, or that people shouldn't be able to engage in casual sex? Who are you to claim that your God is the only God, and that all the other gods are wrong? You intolerant religious fanatic, you. Add to that the Richard Dawkinses of this world with their books like The God Delusion and Christians everywhere feel as though their faith is under attack. It seems sometimes that the only things that are on the rise are Islam and secularism. It feels sometimes that Christianity is in retreat and heading for defeat. And so whether the threat to our faith and our lives is physical or psychological, whether it's our outer life or our inner life or both that are being threatened, what I see happening around the world is that Christians are starting to behave like victims. Instead of living in victory, the victory that Jesus came to purchase for us through his death on the cross, we start thinking like and behaving like the vanquished, as though somehow we've been defeated. Wherever you live, whatever your circumstances are, however your life and your faith are being threatened today, if you believe in Jesus... You have victory in and through him today. Now, listen to this. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. What then are we to say about all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not withhold his son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or, or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor present things nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, 
if your life and if your faith are under attack today, here are three things that you can do to put the courage and the resolve back into your heart. The first is to remember that the greatest victory of all human history, the death of Jesus on that cross, appeared to all and sundry like a mighty defeat. Jesus, the miracle worker, Jesus, the hotshot preacher, hanging naked, dead on a cross. But on that cross, he disarmed the power of Satan and sin to steal your life. In fact, the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, that when you were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. And this is something that Jesus didn't do as a victim, dragged, kicking and screaming to a bloody and brutal end. Not at all. Jesus said, John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it up. I have received this command from my Father. See, that very same victory of sacrifice is alive in you every time your life or your faith are attacked. Every time you're rejected or ostracized for your faith, every time they laugh at you, belittle you, mark you as an outcast or attack you, you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Not because I say so, but because God does. The second is not to be surprised when all this happens. Please never be surprised at all because it is precisely what Jesus promises to each and every person who would take up their cross and follow him. Have a listen. John chapter 15, verses 18 to 25. If the world hates you, be aware it hated me before it hated you. If you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own. Because you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, servants are not greater than their master. Hey, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they kept my word, they'll keep your word also. But they will do all these things to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they wouldn't have sinned, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works that no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and my father. It was to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without cause. And the third thing, the final thing, I want to say to you about having victory is live out and do exactly what Jesus promises will happen to you when you are so persecuted. Here it is. He says it in the very next breath, in the next two verses, John chapter 15, verses 26 and 27. He says, look, when the advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. So let the Holy Spirit fill you with truth. How? Dust off the Bible you've got. Spend a lot of time reading it and praying. And it's in that solitary place that the Holy Spirit will begin to pour his truth, the truth of God, into your spirit and your soul. It's in that place that he will give you the courage to go and do what Jesus wants you to do. Despite the sneers and the derisions, despite the out-and-out threats against your faith and perhaps even against your life, 
Go and tell people about Jesus. He has been with you and you with him from the moment you accepted him into your life. Go and speak the truth in love. Go and share the wondrous story of the free gift of eternal life that is available only through Jesus. At whose name, one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord over all. Because it's time for you and me to stand up and be counted. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. Just as we take this short break, I'd like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would absolutely love to pray for you. Because the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could also pray for one or two others and leave them a word or two of encouragement. You can be such a mighty blessing to so many others by supporting them in this way. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So please, let us pray for you and with you, and let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. All right, let's head back into God's Word to see what else he has for us today. The problem with fear is that it causes us to do one of two things. It's called the natural fight or flight response. That's what we do when we're endangered. Our natural human response is either to confront and fight the foe or to run away at a million miles an hour. It's our natural protective mechanism. But when we live with this nagging sense of fear and foreboding day after day, week after week that we've been talking about, that's a terrible thing. Either we're angry all the time, confronting people and arguing with them. That's what some people do when they ignore the truth of God's word, the security that they have, the safety that they have with their lives completely in the hands of the God who loves them, the the scarred hands of Jesus. At the other end of the spectrum is the flight response, running away, as I said, at a million miles an hour hiding, withdrawing, not engaging with the world around us. In fact, that's something you see a lot with Generation Y and the millennials, people in their mid-twenties and younger. They have, by and large, so disengaged from the world at large and buried themselves in their, their own little worlds of their friends and social media and entertainment that it's positively scary. I like asking young people to explain to me the political system in their country, how it works, just in simple, basic terms. And my observation is that most of them can't because they've completely disengaged from the world at large, the world out there, because compared to their own little worlds, out there's a scary place. So whether it's fight or flight, let me ask you, do you think that that's any way to live your life? Do you think that people who are in fight or flight mode as a result of their response to chronic fear are living the full and abundant and effective and victorious life that God has planned for them, that Jesus came to give them? Not. That's why this stuff 
that we've been chatting about today is so important. That's why your Bible is so important. You know, the one that most Christians have up on some shelf at home gathering dust. Because the more time you and I spend in God's Word, the more that the power, the real manifest here and now power of God's sovereignty becomes real to us. The more the plans of God for this world and our lives become real to us, the more we start seeing this crazy, chaotic, sad, dangerous, and in many places terrible world through the eyes of God, through the Father heart of God, through the love and the compassion of Jesus, through the desire of God to save people from their sin and bring them back to himself. In Isaiah chapter 46, beginning at verse 8, God says this, Remember this and consider, recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done, saying my purpose shall stand. I will fulfill my intention, calling a bird of prey from the east and the man for my purpose from a far country. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have planned and I will do it. That's the truth. That's who God is. That's exactly what's going on in this world. And the more that we see the world through God's eyes, the more we spend time in his word, getting a view of things, as it were, from heaven's balcony, the more fear goes away, that chronic sense of foreboding at where this planet is headed and where our lives are headed. The only place, the only place to get this peace is in Jesus. Spend time in God's word. Drink it in, soak it in, marinate yourself in it. And life changes. This Christianity Works program is sharing the powerful, practical Word of God with so many people in over 160 countries around the world. But that's only made possible through the generous support of friends just like you. Each dollar that you give today will grow to reach nearly 3,000 people with a gospel message. Incredible! That means that a gift today of just $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today. Securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I've been telling you about. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Secondly, we would love to pray for you, absolutely. Just click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's all at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.